Claudius blinked the sleep from his eyes as he marched through the cold night rain. He barely slept an hour when the powerful knock rattled his door. The king had summoned him at once. The urgent call for the Supreme Cavalry Commander at midnight could only mean one thing. Something terrible happened. Herod's palace rose through the hazy mist as Claudius approached. Even beneath a thick blanket of rain and darkness, the magnificent white structure glowed like a pearl. Claudius pat down his soaked leather armour before entering. The palace guard met him at the door. Where is he? Asked Claudius. In his bedchamber. Follow me. Do you know what's wrong? No, but he's very upset. I gathered that. The air of the palace seemed unusually thick and heavy. Deep shadows clung to the walls, ruling over the candlelight. Why do I get the feeling this won't be resolved quickly? Because you know Herod's madness grows with each passing hour. Not so loud. They stopped at the heavy olive wood doors of the king's chamber. That better be you, Claudius. Good luck. Shut up. Claudius took a deep breath and pushed the heavy door open. He turned and glared at the guard as he shut the door. Thank you for finally gracing me with your presence. I came as quickly as I could, my lord. Not quickly enough! We have a very big problem, Claudius. It appears an uprising is imminent. Somebody has claimed my throne. Who is it, my lord? I don't know who it is, but I know that it will happen. Herod filled his goblet and started pacing the room. Claudius watched Herod stammering barefoot in his sweat-soaked nightgown. Madness was constricting all sense from the poor fool. How do you know this will happen? Those men! Those crafty men! They never came! They said they'd come, but they didn't! What men? King of the Jews? Where is the King of the Jews? Ha! What men, my lord? Don't you remember? The Magi that came from the East, asking where the King of the Jews was born. I asked my chief priests and scribes if there was any substance to this absurd acquisition, and they... They found... They found a prophecy. His eyes widened with terror, as if noticing a ghost approaching him. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Herod snapped out of his trance. I sent the Magi to Bethlehem to find this child and report his location to me. It's been three months already and they haven't returned! Herod flung his goblet across the room. He walked up to Claudius and looked up at the stoic warrior towering over him. And why do you suppose they haven't returned, Claudius? Hmm? It's because they found him, that's why. 
They found this king, and they're keeping his location a secret to protect him! What would you like me to do? I want you to take your men into Bethlehem and kill every male up to one... No, up to two years of age. We need to be certain the threat has been eliminated. I will assemble my men in the morning No, Claudius! You will go now! We have already wasted too much time! Of course, my lord. We will go now. Wait! Claudius, do you remember the day you offered me your servitude? Yes, my lord. My men and I defected from Rome as supporters of Mark Antony. My lord was very kind to take me in. Yes, Claudius, I was very kind. I took you in, and I can spit you back out. If you fail and this child from Bethlehem rises up against me, I will hand you and your wife back to Rome to be crucified. That's how serious this is. Actually, I might just hand you over to the Romans and keep that lovely wife of yours for myself. Claudius tensed his jaw. I will not fail, my king. That's right, Claudius. Only I am your king. Make sure that doesn't change. Now go. Mary, we have to go. Joseph sat up, drenched in sweat, his mind still pulsing from the terrible dream. He swung his legs to the ground and lit the bedside oil lamp. Mary turned and squinted in the light. What is it, Joseph? Joseph stood and rushed to the sleeping child. He lay on his back with his head turned to the left. His breath rose and fell peacefully. Joseph peeled away the faded blue blanket and gently caressed the child's head until he began to stir. Don't wake him. I just put him to bed. You don't understand, Mary. This is an emergency. Emergency? What are you talking about? I had a dream. A what? A dream. Joseph turned with the smiling child in his arms, his brown eyes bright in the candlelight. It's about him. They're going to try to kill him. What? And you learned this in your dream? Yes. Who's trying to kill him? Herod's men. Why? You know why. You know who he is. Mary studied the wide, passionate eyes of her husband. Such erratic behavior was well outside of his nature. A cold chill rippled through her body. You know I wouldn't make this up, Mary. An angel of the Lord appeared to me in a dream. We have to escape to Egypt. To Egypt? It's at least a 40-mile journey. We have no other choice. Herod has no jurisdiction in Egypt. Mary stood and folded her arms against the cold. She peered out the window. It's raining so heavily. Couldn't we just wait a few hours until- No, Mary, we need to leave now. They're on their way and could be here any- <gasps> That could be them now. Hurry, Mary, there's no time to pack. We need to leave right now. Claudius and his men trudged through the muddy streets of run-down Bethlehem. Behind them a trail of 
tears and blood. Their words were few, suppressed by the heavy darkness of the night. Their actions mindless, but efficient. They worked meticulously from house to house. The terrors of infant slaughter hidden beneath battle-hardened skin, but revealed in eyes soaked in sadness. Claudius wiped his sword clean. Keep moving! The flickering flames of their sheltered torches illuminated the way ahead. I think we've covered this entire street. Marcus motioned to his left. We should cut through this alleyway and start on the next street over. Claudius nodded and the men started for the alleyway. Wait. Have we checked that house? He pointed to a small dilapidated house on the corner. I'm not sure. We need to be sure, Marcus. Let's go. The men lined up in their usual positions. Claudius and Marcus on either side of the door, and a row of men poised to charge in. Break it down. Check the rooms. There's no one here. Okay, let's go. Wait! Claudius squat down and lifted a dark object from the ground. Give me light! A soldier extended his torch. Its flames danced upon a faded blue blanket. Claudius brought the blanket to his face and inhaled, sensing the fresh, sweet scent of an infant. Somebody left in a hurry. Cyrus, Justice, Tarquin, continue sweeping the streets. Marcus, Titus, and I will follow this trail. Go! Yes, yes sir. sir. Claudius squeezed the blanket in his fist as he stared out the window. Marcus followed his gaze to the main road. What's wrong, Claudius? They knew we were coming. How would they know that? They could have left for a number of reasons. No! This child is dangerous. We must find him and destroy him. We cannot fail. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Assemble the horses. Hurry! Where are we going? We need to detour west towards Adulum. We can't risk crossing Herod's fortress in Herodium. We'll never make it to Egypt on foot, especially if we're being pursued. I don't think anyone's pursuing us. We left before they arrived. At least it stopped raining. How's the child? Getting heavy. Here, let me carry him. Hello. You should be sleeping, mister. Mary stretched her sore arms as she walked. Joseph, we left so quickly and with no supplies. How much further can we walk with no food and water? Don't worry, Mary. We'll eventually find a ride to hitch. Speaking of which, here comes one right now. They turned and saw a man in a dark hat, riding a horse, pulling a wooden cart. Joseph transferred the child to his left arm and waved the cart down. The light of the moon washed over the cart, revealing an outline of two other men inside. 
Sorry to bother you. Uh, my wife and I are heading south. Could we catch a ride, please? Joseph looked over each silent man. One of the men in the cart finally spoke. It's a little late to be travelling. Our reasons are our business. I-, I will pay you for your troubles. How much? Joseph reached into his pocket and shuffled through a collection of coins. He pulled out two. Two copper coins. Mary noticed the man on the horse shift his gaze from Joseph's hand to his coin pocket. Okay, hop in. Thank you, thank you so much. Joseph stepped forward. Mary grabbed his arm and leaned into his ear. I've got a bad feeling about this. I don't think we should go with these men. It's okay, we'll be fine. We have no other choice. They walked around to the rear of the cart. One of the men reached out his hand and helped Mary step into it. Joseph handed Mary the child and climbed in. They travelled in silence. The communicator of the group leaned on his knees with his elbows and slowly rotated the brass ring on his right thumb. Mary sat by the feet of the other silent man. He was heavier, bald, and wore a sleeveless tunic held by a wide leather belt. From the corner of her eye she could see him periodically staring down at her. He reached down to his left and pulled out an apple. He watched her as he chewed. Mary adjusted her blue shawl over her shoulders. Joseph leaned towards Mary. Mary, come on, get some rest. Let me hold the child. No, it's okay. I don't want to wake him. Joseph sensed the tension in her eyes. He spoke to the men to dispel her concerns. So what, uh, what line of work are you fellas in? Are you merchants? Is that why you've got jars back here? Our reasons are our own business. The communicator looked at Joseph and smiled, revealing a golden front tooth in the moon's light. He turned his head back down. Joseph looked at Mary. She stared back at him, her wide, dark eyes screaming. I, uh, I realised I never asked how far south you were heading. Where will you be dropping us off? Could you answer my question, please? You ask too many questions. Joseph avoided Mary's gaze and looked out the rear of the cart. He tensed his jaw as he considered his options. I actually have a question for you. What, what is it? Why did you lie to us? Lie? We haven't lied to you. Of course you did. You said you and your wife were headed south. You mentioned nothing about a child. The man lifted his head and looked at the sleeping child in Mary's arms. Mary tightened her embrace. What difference does it make? It makes a big difference. With a child on board, my driver needs to slow the pace for the child's safety. This means it will take twice as long for us to reach our destination, which means 
we'll get half as much money for our work. The price of two copper coins is therefore grossly insufficient. Joseph looked at the other silent occupant. His lips twisted into a smile. How much more do you need? We can accept nothing less than 40 copper coins. What? That's outrageous. I don't have that much. Let us out, now. I'm afraid we cannot do that. You see, we've already covered more than two copper coins worth of distance. So we demand payment. How can we possibly pay if we don't have that amount? The man turned to his companion. Simple. If you cannot pay with coins, we'll take your wife and child as payment. The man whipped around and kicked Joseph in the chest, flipping him backwards. <clears throat> Joseph grabs the cart's edge, stopping his head inches from the road. Uh, Joseph! Hey! The other man grabbed Mary's arm, forcing her back down. The horse burst into a run. Joseph swung his other arm towards the cart, but it was out of reach. Help him up! Please! Straining to keep his head elevated, his grip of the cart slipping, Joseph watched the man rise and step towards him. A sudden bump in the road caused him to stumble forward. Joseph lifted his left foot and propelled it into the man's stomach, forcing him down into the cart. With his final reserves of strength, Joseph heaved his body up and flung himself back in. The man scrambled to his feet and lunged at Joseph. Joseph reached for his belt. Stop! The man stepped back from Joseph's knife point. Joseph turned the knife towards the other man. Let her go. I said, let her go. Mary pulled her arm from the loosened grip. Stop the cart. Joseph kept his gaze and knife point focused on the men. Mary, give me the child and get out, please. Joseph handed her the child without breaking eye contact, then jumped out of the cart. Are you okay? Did they hurt you? They didn't. I'm fine. Is the child okay? Yes, he's fine as well. Let me carry him. Are you sure you're okay? You look awfully pale. I'm fine. Just a little... Mary! Joseph caught Mary as her knees buckled. Oh, sorry. I... You're dehydrated and exhausted. We need to find a place to rest. Let's hope this village has an inn. I need you to walk with me. The dull light of dawn soaked through the clouded sky. Joseph slowly limped with Mary towards the village. At the entrance, a farmer stocked his cart with produce. I'm sorry to bother you. Can you direct me to the village inn, please? The farmer reached for a wine barrel and spoke without facing them. There are no inns in here, I'm afraid. Nearest inn is in Bathsheba, around 15 to 20 miles. We can't travel that far. My wife is really not well. Please, is there anyone, anyone here that can help us? The man turned and looked at Joseph, and then Mary resting against his chest. Try Benjamin, on the corner. He's known to be hospitable. Thank you so much. The man lifted a basket of carrots and glanced at them as they limped away. 
We're almost there, Mary. Just a, a few more steps and you'll be drinking a nice, refreshing cup of cool water. What's the matter? I'm so sorry to bother you. Benjamin, I believe. The farmer back there suggested we reach out to you for help. My wife... My wife is dehydrated and exhausted. Could you please accommodate us for just a few hours? We'll pay you for your kindness. I'm sorry. This is not an inn, and my family sleeps. I cannot help you at this time. He pushed the door closed. Joseph stopped it with his foot. Please, Benjamin, if you don't help us, we'll collapse along the road. Just a couple of hours, please. The man looked at Mary, and then at the staring child. His face softened. Okay. Just for a couple of hours. Joseph gently placed Mary down into a seat. I'll get some water. Yes, thank you, Benjamin. It's okay, it's okay. It's okay. Have you travelled far? Ah, uh, yes. Yes, from Bethlehem. That's quite the distance. With no supplies or a mule? Are you running from someone? Um, yes. Yes, there was some trouble in town. We thought it best to leave to let things settle down. I'm not surprised. It's a terrible place to live. Let alone raise a child. Benjamin appeared with a pitcher of water and a bowl filled with dates. You are too kind, Benjamin. May God bless you. Thank you. And where are you headed? Uh, we're headed south. Hopefully the weather will hold. It's been quite dreadful lately. Please serve my wife first. I think she's very thirsty. <laughs> yes, I am. Thank you. Benjamin handed the cup to Mary. Joseph smiled as he watched her face flush with colour again. What are your names? I'm Joseph. This is my wife Mary and, and our son Jesus. It's a pleasure to meet you all. Joseph, please sit and eat with us. Mary, don't be shy. Take as many dates as you want. I can see you are very hungry. Thank you so much. Claudius stopped his horse and studied the markings in the sand. They got off the cart here. One of them appears to be hurt. He lifted his eyes as he followed the trail. They entered that village. Move! Dismount! <laughs> he has such a beautiful laugh. <laughs> oh, I hope you're full of energy. He's going to want you to pull those faces for hours. You! Did a couple with a child enter this village? I'm sorry? A man, woman, and child. Did they enter this village? Um, yes. Not too long ago. They entered that house on the corner. Move. Quick. <laughs> I must apologize. I was much too harsh earlier. Please, spend the night and rest at no charge. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much, Benjamin. My wife will cook you a feast for dinner tonight. She'll be up soon and absolutely enthralled to meet baby Jesus. In the name of Herod, open the door. They found us. Open the door. And you let them here and endangered my family? We didn't know they were chasing us. You must hide us. They want to harm the child. In the name of Herod, open the door right now. Please, Benjamin.
You have until the count of three before we break down the door. Quickly, this way. One. Two. What seems to be the problem? Move. Gentlemen, may I ask why you've entered my house? I'm not a very patient man, so you'd better answer quickly. The man, woman, and child, where are they? Speak, or I slice your throat and every throat in your family. Claudius eased the pressure of his sword's edge from Benjamin's throat. Joseph held his breath and watched them through the crack in the door. Benjamin shut his eyes tight, opened them, then slowly turned his head towards Joseph. They're in there! Move! They're not in here. Check the roof. Titus, come with me. Hurry! Mary, just jump over the last steps. Take my hand. Run as fast as you can. There they are! Headed west! Go, Titus! Marcus, maintain elevation. Pursue and report. Go! Keep up, Mary. We can't slow down. Come on, Mary, faster. Oi! Watch where you're going! I'm sorry. Southwest! Southwest! Southwest, Titus! We need to get out of sight. Through here. What? A dead end. Come on. East, Claudius. Maintain collision course. I, I, I don't know which way to go. Titus! Hard south! Prepare to intercept! Any of these could be a dead end. They're coming. Just choose an alleyway. Titus, did you see where they went? Through that alleyway, I think. Move! The Dawn Market. We'll never find them in this crowd. Can you see them? Can you see them? I don't know what to look for. I never saw a glimpse of them. Did you take them? No, they're gone. Marcus, describe them. The woman wears an amber shawl over a dark blue dress. The man wears an orange tunic. I definitely saw a child. The man carries him. We need to reconnoiter the market. They're in here somewhere. But we must broaden our net. You, shepherd boy, come here. Yes, sir. Do you have a mule or a horse? I have a horse. Good. Open both hands. There are ten silver coins in that bag. Head south as fast as you can to Beersheba. Look for a woman wearing an amber shawl over a dark blue dress. She travels with a man. They've stolen a child. If you trap them, I'll give you two more bags. If you can take the child, I'll give you four more. If you lose them, you get nothing. Any questions? No, sir. Good. Go. The men watched the boy frantically weave through the crowd. How do you know they'll continue south? Because they're headed to Egypt to escape Herod's reach. He turned back to the crowd. The sands of Judea will feast on their blood by nightfall. They will not enter Egypt. Are you comfortable? As comfortable as I can be with this sheet over us. Don't worry, we're not going far. 
I heard the driver say he's fetching water for his market animals. How do we get out without him noticing us? Hopefully he'll head for the well before uncovering the cart. Then we can get out furtively. I'd prefer we go further, as far away from those soldiers as possible. The sunlight poured through the sheet, forming checkered shadows across the child's face. Mary leaned on her elbow and gently caressed his neck. He turned to her, kicked his legs and smiled. Why is it so... Nothing. Mary, it's okay. Speak your mind. Why is it so hard, Joseph? What do you mean? I was chosen to bring this child into the world, and now we're running for our lives. Those soldiers were a hair's width away from catching us back there, and they won't stop chasing us until they do. We have so far to travel. Hitching rides isn't safe, and we have no food or water. We'll never make it to Egypt, Joseph. They'll eventually find us and cut us down. And this beautiful baby boy will never... Mary. Mary. What's the child's name? Jesus. That's right. What a powerful name. The Lord is salvation. Mary. An angel of the Lord told you that God will give him the throne of David. And an angel told me he will save people from their sins. I'm not going to lie. I don't completely understand them, but I know these promises mean that the child will grow to fulfill his destiny. Which means we'll make it to Egypt. God's plans will unfold. Whether or not you think they are possible. Mary looked at Joseph, her soaked eyes beaming with hope. (sighs) To Egypt, then. Joseph wiped away the gathered tears from her chin. To Egypt. He's stopping. Get ready to jump out, Mary. They slid out the rear of the cart. Joseph peed above it. He's got his back to us. On the count of three, we'll stand and walk into the village without stopping. One, two, three. Perfect. He didn't see us. How are you feeling? Do you need to rest before we carry on? He needs to be fed. He must be starving by now. Of course. There must be some place around here we can sit safely. Joseph held the child's head to his chest as he stepped around and surveyed the area. Do you need help? I'm sorry? You look lost. Perhaps I could help. My, uh, my my wife needs to feed our child. We're just looking for a private enclosure. I can take you to my father's sheep pen. It's just around the corner. It's completely covered with a roof and a tall gate, so you won't be seen. That would be wonderful, thank you so much. Just this way. Your son is so beautiful. He reminds me of my little brother. Could I hold him, please? Oh, no, sorry, he's quite attached to me. (laughs) 
That's okay. It's just through here. All of our sheep are out grazing, so you have the entire place to yourselves. Oh, this is perfect. We'll only be a few minutes. Take your time. I'll fetch some water and leave it by the door so you can drink before you leave. You are most kind, thank you. Did he just lock the door? Joseph ran to the door and tried to push it open. He whipped his head to the keyhole and saw the boy desperately running away. It's a trap! What? We've got to get out of here now! Joseph rammed his shoulder into the door. This is a sheep pen. There must be a farmer's tool somewhere in the hay. Come on! What was that? A spade! Joseph ran to the back corner of the shed and brushed away a thick layer of hay. Light streams were deep in the ground. Joseph plunged his spade into the gap. Hurry, Joseph! Joseph, I think someone's coming! Quickly, quickly, give me the child! Lay on your back, pass your head through first, then push yourself out with your legs, quickly! Move aside, I'm coming! Give me the child, take my hand! They're not here yet, move! We need to find another exit. Get down. Two soldiers and the shepherd boy dismounted and headed towards the shed. They'll find it empty and search for us. Quick, let's go. Wait, give me your shawl, quickly. Hold the child. Joseph scrunched up the shawl and threw it onto a nearby roof. Ugh. A corner of it flapped down over the edge. Get down behind the barrels. They've escaped. That's impossible. I locked the- Shut up, you failed. Titus, they haven't gone far. Mount! They're coming now. Stay down. Please, 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 please. Marcus, look! Titus pointed to the roof. Dismount. Head for the stairs. Move! Yes. Mary, get ready. Joseph, what are you thinking? Joseph transferred the child to his left arm and watched the men run up the stairs and disappear around the corner. Now! Joseph leaped over the barrels and mounted the nearest horse. Give me your hand. Are you serious? Give me your hand. Take the child and hold on tight. <laughs> Joseph twisted the horse along the sharp folds of the city, desperately searching for an alternate exit. Watch out! The horse! They entered a narrow tunnel. Villagers darted out of the way as they speared through. Run! We need to get back to the surface now. A beam of light streamed across the path to the right. Joseph twisted the horse towards it, turned the corner, then urged the horse up a steep stairway back towards the light. Hold on, Mary. They emerged in a courtyard in the midst of a busy market. The horse reared. Get out of the way, please, get out of the way. A wall of panicked villagers froze in place. Joseph spun around in his seat, looking for the soldiers. Suddenly, the sea of humans parted. Joseph looked ahead and saw an exit. Hold on! Claudius leaned forward on his saddle and squinted at the distant, galloping horse. 
What? Ha! He pushed against the stirrups and leaned into the horse's neck, propelling it faster and faster. The cavalry commander rapidly closed the distance. His gaze remained locked on the fugitives, watching them grow larger and larger. The top of the child's head could now be seen above the woman's left shoulder. Claudius grit his teeth and unsheathed his sword. Joseph veered to the right. Claudius followed. He swung again. Joseph pulled to the left. Claudius threw in his stirrups and slashed ferociously. His blade bounced off the horse's armor, inches from Mary's leg. Joseph veered further left. Claudius sat down and pulled his horse back, disappearing behind them. Joseph glanced left and right but couldn't see him. He urged his horse faster. Joseph looked around again, still no sign of him. Something wasn't right. He gripped the reins, expecting Claudius to lunge at any second. Joseph! Joseph looked back. Claudius held the ends of Mary's flowing dress. I'm slipping! Joseph pulled to the right to counter the tension. It was exactly what Claudius wanted. Joseph saw him approach. Claudius raised his sword. Joseph reached for his belt. Waking up. Claudius! Claudius lifted his head and examined his body. He could move his left leg, but not his right. He looked to the right and saw his sword laying three feet away. He brought his left clenched fist to his face. A piece of dark blue fabric from the woman's dress dangled over him. He whipped it away. How long was I out? About half an hour. They're not too far ahead. We can still catch them. Claudius, you're hurt. We should take you to a physician. It's just a broken leg. If we lose, then we're all dead. Help me up. Titus, I ride with you. Marcus, take my horse. Hurry! Thank you, my friend. You have helped us more than you will ever know. The horse trotted off, retracing their journey. You're letting him go. Joseph sat beside Mary. <sighs> He's not ours to take. He's fulfilled his duty. Egypt is just over that crest. Once the child is fed and strengthened, we'll cross the border into our new temporary home. I don't think we need to worry about them chasing us. A soldier looked terribly injured. Joseph placed his chin on Mary's shoulder and watched the child. How is he? He was absolutely starving. He's finally slowing down now. We can get going soon. Perfect. My horse! Achilles! They must be close. Move! 
Here, Joseph. Take him. Hello. Hello there. Hello. Hello. Well, I'm glad you fed him, Mary. He's much heavier now. Oh, he's got some milk on his chin. Can you pass me the towel, please? Did you hear that? No. That's impossible. It's them. Get to the rock shelter, quick! Stop. What's that? Marcus dismounted. The child's towel. It's still wet. They must be hiding nearby. Scour the area. Titus, you take the east. Marcus, you search west. I'll monitor the centrum. Move! The ground rumbled above them as one of the soldiers ran past. It's only a matter of time before they find us in here. We're trapped. Joseph wrapped his arm around Mary and pulled her close. My, my darling Mary. <laughs> and my beautiful, beautiful boy. I'm so sorry. It's my fault. Don't say that. No, it's not. Of course it is. We shouldn't have stopped. We should have just kept going. Joseph looked up at the hazy Egyptian horizon. So close. We were so, so close. A cool wind blew from the south, flowing over each of them, pushing back the tears. As the winds passed, Joseph's eyes widened as a sudden realization washed over him. Out of Egypt, I called my son. Mary, the child will live, we will make it to Egypt. What? The prophecies of Hosea, David, Isaiah and Malachi are all being fulfilled in this child. Just like the angel said, God will give him the throne of David. Do you see it, Mary? You see the fulfillment of these prophecies. Mary turned towards Egypt. Her eyes glistened with deep exuberance. Yes. Yes, I do. And take my hand, Mary. And go to chapter three. We're gonna run. And no matter what happens when we're out there, you keep your eyes fixed on that hope. Run towards it. You understand? They both rose to one knee. Joseph grasped her hand and tightened his hold of the child. One. Two. Joseph turned to Mary. To Egypt. Three. Now. There they are! Marcus! Titus! Claudius slid off his horse and collapsed to the ground. Marcus! Titus! Their world melted into a twisting blur around them. The colours stretched and mixed by the fingers of the wind. Only Egypt remained in focus. 
steadily rising before them as they approached. Seven hundred years earlier, Jacob watched his friend slowly lift his gaze to the horizon. His trembling hand rose from the darkness and into the light of the moon, rising to his chin. Jacob recognized the habit and its connection. Isaiah, you've received a prophecy. Haven't you? Yes. What is it? It's so magnificent. What is it, Isaiah? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. What? Are you serious? The rise of a righteous king? With that traitor Ahaz on the throne, and Judah poisoned by idolatry? How is this possible, Isaiah? How can all of this ever be remediated when our own people have forsaken the- Jacob, Jacob. I don't know how, and I don't know when. But I do know this. God's plans will unfold, whether or not you think they're possible. You're listening to Redeemed. If you enjoyed the show, please support this project by visiting redeemedpodcast.org.